Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome back for another edition of Out of Bounds. As always, I'm your host, Brown. Alongside, we have Dalton Bishop. What's up? And we have Christian Ertz. What is going on? Everyone's doing all right. You know, took a little bit of time off, just unintended, but much needed recovery for us. Again, it's a little bit of a slow time, but in the meantime, we since we have departed from a podcast, take a little bit off. Uh, Derek Carr, who obviously got released a while back from the Raiders, he actually joined the New Orleans Saints. Um, so Carr, obviously, you know, long time member of the Raiders, got drafted in 2014, nine seasons there, and now he departs full. Saints, an interesting situation. Um, reuniting with um, Dennis Allen, who was the head coach of the Saints during the rookie season for Derek Carr. So Carr, a little bit of familiarity just from playing, you know, albeit four games because Dennis Allen was fired four games in due to the 0-4 start by the then Oakland Raiders. Um, but nonetheless, I mean, Dennis Allen, obviously, if he had any input back then, he loved Derek Carr coming out enough to, you know, give him the starting job week one and have the team draft him. So now reunited for probably more than four games, I would presume, uh, on a four-year deal with the Saints. I think it's a good move on both parts. Um, We talk about how the division, if it's set up to be favorable, and it's wide open with Tom Brady's retirement last month. That you know the Saints getting a car who right now might be the best quarterback in that division, and the Saints, uh, depending on what they do the rest of free agency, they are in a good position just by the car addition. There, uh, I'll go to you next. Your thoughts, reaction to the news: Derek Carr joining the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, um, I think that it is a good move because there's nobody in the division that's actually going to compete against them so you know you're looking at this should be very very winnable uh for for the saints uh for this upcoming year at least so far um yeah no it's good it's good i i i'm gonna enjoy watching Derek carr play in a Saint uniform and um i guess for any saints fans i guess they'll get a real taste of uh what Raiders fans felt like, or I guess what it was like having him. Um, no, I like it. Jim, your thoughts on Derek Carr going to New Orleans? Uh, they just traded a lot of picks for for a guy who was pretty much exactly the same as all the other quarterbacks they had last year combined. If you look at Derek Carr's stats from 2022 – he had 3,500 yards, 24 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. What did New Orleans do? They had 3,600 passing yards, 24 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions. They are getting the exact same product that they put on the field in a combined manner last year. And will Derek Carr be a little bit better? Yes, but at the same time, what are you losing? Derek Carr had Devontae Adams he could throw to. The best receiver they have is Michael Thomas. We don't know about how Michael's going to do. Chris Olave in the second year, how is he going to develop? He did, he did have a really good rookie year 
with with terrible quarterback play from Andy and Jameis. But at the same time, I mean, Chris just isn't at that level yet that Devontae and Michael Thomas are. So does New Orleans have a good shot of being in the playoffs and being the NFC South winner? Absolutely. We have no idea what's going on with Tampa Bay. We have no idea what Carolina is going to do. I know we'll mention them later on, but we don't know what they're going to do at the quarterback spot. I mean, Atlanta is just like Desmond Ritter, I guess, all the way. Well, they also just acquired Taylor Heineke earlier today. Oh, wow. Atlanta did. (laughs) Well, that's awesome for Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter. That's going to be a quarterback battle. It's not going to excite you. I mean, it's it. Yeah, that's about it. it. It will definitely excite me. Oh my god! Uh, great, it's exciting, great dude. Like, and Desmond hasn't done much to be like, oh, he's terrible. But I mean, he wasn't the best quarterback when coming out of the draft last year. He was a third round pick. Um, you know, he wasn't the absolute best. But we'll see what he can do in Atlanta. But to you know, to Dalton's point, Derek is the best quarterback in this division uh and it's not even close uh like Derek Carr we rated him as the best worst quarterback you know in a division that has you know even though Russell did terrible Russell's still going to be in the Hall of Fame Mahomes is Mahomes and Justin Herbert is still on the rise if their coaching staff knows what the heck to do um you know come playoff time but you know at the end of the day Derek Carr to the Saints, I think it's a good move. Now, you know, they have the lead right now in, in the offseason-wise. They looks like they're the team to beat in the NFC South, but I have no idea how this is going to manage, but I still think it's a really good move. Yeah. The NFC South uh, division rival of the Saints, Carolina Panthers made an interesting move last Friday when they decide to uh, trade up from pick nine to the Chicago Bears to get the number one overall pick in this year's draft. A hall, the Bears, uh, we pretty much knew when they won the draft, uh, sweepstakes for lack of a better word, you know, having the worst record last year, that that first pick was for sale. They were probably not going to pick number one because a lot of QB needy teams would reach and, you know, try to trade up to acquire that pick. Uh, I most of the way I kind of thought Indianapolis uh, would be that team to trade up to one, even though it would only be three spots just to jump Houston and get the guy that you really like. Um, Carolina, the trade, uh, they give away DJ Moore, uh, a first round pick, a second round pick, and 2024 first and 2025 second. So a decent size haul. And you gave away arguably your best receiver from last year. I like DJ Moore a lot. I think that's a a great move by the um, Chicago Bears to give Justin Fields some other weapons to utilize. I mean, Carolina last year in Carolina, DJ had seven touchdowns, his most of his career to date. So you hope he makes a move there. And all reports indicated immediately after that it would be trending towards CJ Stroud going to one overall to Carolina. Carolina also acquired Andy Dalton. They signed him earlier today. So that is at least you have Andy Dalton there. You're going to draft CJ more than likely. Maybe, maybe Bryce, maybe even Richardson, depending on 
uh, how the next month or so unfolds during the evaluation period. Um, but Carolina's got an interesting situation because they're not necessarily um, bad back QB play the last few years, but you can get some good pieces in there. And they, you know, like I said, that's a wide open division, in my opinion. Saints probably have a slight lead right now, but you get some good pieces. You get like CJ Stroud, who's probably the most pro ready of the guys right now. And that's going to be a good situation. And I, I like the trade for Carolina if it works out, unlike the, you know, the 2016 when the Rams trade got Jared Goff, although he did make a Super Bowl appearance. So it wasn't necessarily the worst thing in the world there. Um, so Chicago, you know, trade back, get some more assets. You could probably get a really good player at number nine, too, that you may have been eyeing at one, but you just, you knew you could fall eight spots and get a really good player. So. Uh, Carolina will be the number overall pick in the draft this year. Christian, I know you're a draft guru. Um, one of your favorite things to do is scout and you know watch the combine, the draft. So your thoughts on the Carolina Panthers moving up to number one this year? This is going to be an interesting move. Now everyone is kind of losing their minds about it. I think Carolina is going to go the same quarterback route that they were when they were at number nine. So. I personally think they are going to go after C.J. Stroud. I think it'd be a fine move. I think C.J. is my number two quarterback right now. He's a pocket passer, and they really have tried to build that offensive lineup to, you know, protect, you know, their next quarterback. They protected well with Sam Darnold and with P.J. So I think the Panthers know they have built that offensive line, and it's young enough and good enough to protect CJ where he can do his thing inside the pocket. I would absolutely hate it for, I would laugh my butt off if they took Anthony Richardson one, I'd be, I, I wouldn't be the happiest nor the most disappointed if they picked Will Levis. I think Will is a good quarterback. I just don't think he's better than CJ and uh, Bryce Young. And everyone is kind of concerned with Bryce Young's high. He came in at six foot, one of, you know, almost shorter than Kyler Murray. So, you know, what are people are going to say about that? But Kyler Murray can play ball. He's just not grown up enough, uh, reportedly by the Arizona Cardinals' former players. But with Carolina, it's a risky move, right? Multiple number ones, multiple number twos. Your arguably best wide receiver of your team, DJ Moore. So you are trading a lot to make sure this guy works. So I think it's going to be CJ. I would hope to be CJ. Even though Bryce Young, I think, is better, CJ's still very good and has potential to be a very good quarterback in the NFL. For Chicago, I think this is awesome as well because, number one, I think they knew they weren't going to have a number one spot and they were going to get a bag full of picks, assets, and players that are going to help them now. So, what I think they're going to do, they're going to wait out a little bit. They could have Jalen Carter. They could. Jalen Carter, you know, he was not at the combine. He will perform at the Georgia Pro Day. He has been uh, kind of released of all charges from the – uh, Athens, uh, Georgia's P police department, if I can talk. So 
That is really good for Jalen Carter. Some teams up high may not want to take a risk on him because of decisions he's made racing with two lost souls, uh, former player and former recruiting assistant for Georgia. You know, they still lost their lives. Nothing can change about that. But Jalen Carter is still a very good football talent and one of the best defensive linemen I have seen in a very long time. Uh, he can seriously – he'll be a monster. I really do believe he will be a monster on the field. So Jalen Carter falls at number nine. Chicago could, you know, steal one there. Arguably, they were going to go after him or Will Anderson at number one. Jalen falls at number nine. That's really good. And for Justin getting DJ Moore – they got Chase Claypool. Uh, I think it's Darnell Mooney, uh, another wide receiver they had on the roster before then. Chicago has this receiving core because most of their season they ran the ball. They did not pass it because they had no weapons for Justin to throw to. Now with DJ, now with Chase, who knows if they go wide receiver, you know, decently early. I don't think a first-round pick wide receiver for them needs right now but a second third round wide receiver could really help Justin out this will be a big year for Chicago probably so just watch out all right thank you for that Dalton your thoughts reaction to the Carolina Panthers trading up to number one with the Chicago Bears um ah uh, well I think you know it's it kind of just makes sense I mean you need a quarterback seen teams in the past move heaven and earth to go up and get move up to the top spot and try to get the quarterback i mean i completely understand it um never want to be in that spot but i completely understand it um you know i think i think if they draft a quarterback in this class that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world it'd be a good option but obviously, you're looking to have sort of sort of a veteran quarterback as well on that roster. I think, I think obviously, like me paying attention to Twitter uh, while this thing is going on. Um, Panthers actually gave Andy Dalton the two-year deal um, worth eleven million with eight million guaranteed. So the Panthers have Andy Dalton on their roster, and now they're going to go draft a quarterback at one. Is that still a possibility? Probably have C.J. Stroud or somebody sit for an entire year. And also there goes my Carson Wentz theory, which is going to go right directly out the window. Um, no longer going to happen, I guarantee it. Um, but I still think, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I still think that Carolina is going to go after a quarterback despite them signing a veteran quarterback to a two-year deal. So it's two years. So, you know, are you telling me that their first round, assuming that it's going to be a QB, is going to sit down for two years now and learn? Possibly. That could definitely happen, I feel like. Um, or even if it's one year. They do one year and then quarterback competition the second and really – Hashing it out, see who starts for your football team. Um, yeah, I wasn't. I mean, I wasn't completely, completely shocked. I just think that the Bears, the Bears got a lot in return for that pick. 
and there's like two ones, two twos in DJ. I mean, TJ Moore is a starting caliber wide receiver, like a number one at least, or excuse me, a number two at least, a number one in some on some teams. And those are like pretty good picks. Like you're talking about millions of dollars put into those draft picks that you just gave away. So I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're the Bears, you're feeling really good about where you're at right now. And if you're the Panthers, you get what you want. And you're hoping that you don't screw it up with the with the pick that you got. All right. So again, we'll be doing a lot more draft coverage leading up to the NFL draft next month. Um but in other news on Sunday not I believe the trade officially happened. Uh Jalen Ramsey no longer with the Rams. It had been reported last week that uh Ramsey was gonna be seeking a trade this offseason. Uh didn't uh he played all seventeen games last year um after having shoulder surgery that sidelined him a bit uh during twenty one. Um but Jalen Ramsey now traded to the Miami Dolphins for a third round pick next uh month. Dolan, I'll go to you. Because uh, you can explain this a lot better than I can. Why the Rams, why now they moved on from Ramsey and uh, what this move means for the franchise. So to my knowledge, which is very little actually, um, because I do not have insider information. I'm just going off what my gut feeling is. My gut feeling is that as soon as I saw the news and what they got in return, it was strictly a salary dump. That's what I think, because I believe it was less of a hit if you got rid of them before June 1st. So they got rid of them before June 1st. And then so they just he, I, I so, yeah, it's hard to explain because the next two years he's expected to make like at least was it his cap hit is going to be like over 25 million and within like the next two something crazy like that. And the Rams are already in cap hell. Like they get brought, they, they, like I'm sure if this isn't on the docket, it, yeah, you know, I, it's fine. But, um, they got they got rid of like a few other players, like key starters that actually helped the team last year. Um, albeit helped them win five games, but still helped them with the help them. Period. Um. So my understanding is that it was a salary, uh, just a cap. Like, get rid of him so he can get under the cap. And so, but, like, they traded him for a third-round pick and a backup. To my understanding, it's a backup to the backup to the backup practice squad guy who I didn't even hear about his name or didn't even know this dude existed until I saw it on the internet. Um Yeah, so I think uh, this was coming, probably going to come rather soon. You know, it's one of those things where financially you just you you can't keep everybody, and honestly, you can't even help it either. Like when the player has suitors, I mean, you have to entertain those conversations, especially when you have when you when you're in a salary cap league and you have to get under under the cap. Um, 
I think it kind of works for both sides. Miami got what they want. They got a second quarterback who's making substantially enough amount of money. Like, I think I think I think the quarterback in a couple of years is going to make more than the quarterback. Like, just just think about that for a second. Um, and Tua is not like cheap. He is he he just got tagged, so he's making over. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he's making at least. 20 million um no yeah i think it's it was gonna happen it was gonna happen you know it's um the rams needed to do what they had to do and now they have to look to other things whether it's they just stock up on draft picks they have like 11 draft picks for this draft but no first round pick because everybody just cares about the first round picks it's fine i get it i completely understand they like they'll just we we stock up on the seventh round picks that nobody cares about um and the sixth round picks um but you know that's that's kind of my understanding uh around the around the Jalen Ramsey whole whole trade all right Christian anything you want to add on the Jalen Ramsey news um you know, it's pretty big. Obviously, Jalen Ramsey, you know, he's not the same town that he was in Jacksonville in early Rams days, but he's still a very good corner, arguably top five, uh, most definitely in a top 15 conversation. And for Miami, it's pretty big, right? You, you're you getting, you know, you got a, one of the greatest, not the greatest, but one of the best uh, wide receivers in the NFL in Tyreek Hill. You're getting one of the better cornerbacks in Jalen Ramsey. You're now you're in a situation of like, okay, you you're paying Jalen a lot. You're gonna pay Tyreek a lot. Now what's the quarterback situation? I think this is a perfect opportunity for Miami. Yes, they have their star corner, star wide receiver. I think they're only gonna have Tua for another year. Unless Tua doesn't throw a single interception, went, you know, undefeated. And Super Bowl MVP, they're not paying Tua for another season. Because if people uh, knew about this, during the offseason, USC quarterback Caleb Williams, now he's still at USC, he's going to play for USC next year, he's not going to be in this draft class, he talked about you know, what kind of teams he would want to play for the next that next season when he gets into the NFL and he said Miami and every single person in Miami went, okay, we are going to try and get him. So if they're a bad team, oh, they're going to have a good opportunity to get Caleb Williams or, you know, they'll trade up somehow. They could trade Tyreek or Jalen if they're not good enough, could trade Tua with it at, you know, first round pick lower just like Carolina did with uh, Chicago, they're going to trade up to get Caleb Williams. So I think Tua Yagi got tagged because they don't want to show, hey, we're going to absolutely suck next year to just to get Caleb Williams. I think it's more of a ploy. Let's get Big Ramsey. We have Tyree Kill. We have the greatest you know, coach on the podium in Mike McDaniel. And then with Tua, if he does well, okay, we'll see about him. If not, we're going we're going to LA to watch 
uh, Mr. Caleb Williams. So for the Jalen Ramsey thing, I think it's fine. Uh, let's see what what he can do in Miami. Their secondary needs it going up against guys like Stephon Diggs. Uh, Patriots don't have really anybody. Jets. Well, now they got Alan Lazard, but who knows who's you know who is going to throw the ball to him. So <laughs> that is quite interesting. But for Jalen, I think it's really good. You're not really um, missing much weather-wise. You got sunny California, you got sunny Miami now. So just look out for the Hurricanes. All righty. Uh, and then free agency. I mean, the le- quote-unquote legal tampering period started Monday officially. Will be active 1 o'clock tomorrow, which also coincidentally is the time that Aaron Rodgers is scheduled to go on Pat McAfee. Um, if you want to l- listen to that, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, but some free agency news, uh, some court results of quarterbacks, and then go on from there. Uh, the first big domino to fall really was Jimmy Garoppolo reuniting with um Josh McDaniels. This was a team in uh with the Raiders, excuse me, I forgot to omit that. Uh, but Jimmy G to the Raiders reuniting with McDaniels, uh. The Raiders was a spot that I thought if Tom Brady had not retired, I thought that was a perfect situation for him. Just given his familiarity with Josh McDaniels, you get Devontae Adams as a receiver, and you got some other pieces you can add on. Um, and I'll lump us in here. Jacoby Myers of the New England Patriots, he is also headed to the Raiders. So the Raiders get Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Myers. Both guys have familiarity with McDaniels. So that offense... I think it'll take a you know some slight growing pains in the offseason. And Jimmy G also ended last year on IR, could not even play in the conference title game when there was literally no quarterbacks that could play uh just due to the injury. Although he was, you know, pretty close to being back there. But Jimmy G, that's the one thing that's plagued him is his injuries. But also when he does play, his teams at least win. He's it's more of, you know, they kind of went in spite of him, not because of him. Um, case of point, you know, the Super Bowl run there, uh, you know, it wasn't really, you know, he wasn't all worldly, but they made it, and he just, you know, had to be a game manager. And for a team like the Raiders, I think it's a fine move. Raiders also have a very high draft pick, so you could potentially see them draft a quarterback then or even wait till the second or third round. Um, but, you know, for a stopgap quarterback for a few years, um, I don't, I don't hate the move at all. And Jacoby Myers, he's a very solid slot option. And for only $11 million a year, I, I wish New England had matched that, selfishly speaking. Um, a little puzzled that they didn't. But, you know, to each their own. I'm not going to fault a guy in free agency for, you know, doing a decision that he thinks is best for him in his career. And, you know, the competency of the offense that he had year one, or uh, if you first few years with McDaniels, you can't slight that. So it's this is the move also for McDaniels that could potentially save his career. Like Jimmy G, because uh, it, you know, it didn't go well in Denver. It didn't go well last year. You're picking really high for a reason. And Jimmy G's a guy you're kind of hitching that you're hoping that your career is going to be a little bit revived because of his acumen and his success that he has had in the past. And will it breed success? We'll find out when the season starts, but... Um, you're getting a slightly, it's about a similar style, I would probably say, to Derek Carr, just not as durable. That's the one lack. 
The one thing he lacks is durability, but I mean, if Jimmy G can stay healthy, expect the Raiders to be, you know, a solid team at worst next year. Uh, Dalton, to you next. Jimmy G, and if you want to, Jacoby Myers, going to the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I like both of these moves. I don't really think that there's a move here that I really don't like, but I'm a big fan of Jacoby Myers. Um, I think he was good in New England. Uh, Spencer probably has different opinions on that. Or more, excuse me, uh, or just better, more accurate opinions on that since he's the fan. But uh, I just, yeah, I think that the Raiders, they got a nice, they got a nice wide receiver now. Um, not like they already had one with Devontae Adams, but um, I think, you know, having Jacoby, he's going to get a lot of yards, a lot of yards and maybe not a lot of touchdowns, but he'll get a lot of yards. Yeah, that, um, and just make sure that Jacoby doesn't get the ball with like two seconds left on the clock. All right. Just make sure that doesn't happen. I think you'll be good. Um, I think you know, Jimmy, as long as you, as long as he can stay healthy, I think the Raiders will be, they'll be good, but I think they'll still finish last. So they made, they made some good moves today, but not good enough to change their place in the standings. Um, I think last place is still what's going to happen, which is fine. I mean, you live in Vegas, you'll be able to do things outside of, outside of work and, you know, I think that Jimmy's made for made for Sin City, uh, and you know he'll be able to find find other things to do. I'm sure. All right, Christian, your thoughts on the uh, the Raiders going out adding Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Myers in free agency so far? I think for Jimmy, it's really good just because, I mean, he has a new opportunity to kind of start over and really lead his team. In San Francisco, it was his team, and then he, you know, they kind of went up and down. People thought he was going to be really good in his early days in New England. Now, with a team that really needs a quarterback and to try and compete in the AFC West, the Raiders went to go get Jimmy G, which is really good. Now, do I think the Raiders could draft a quarterback? They could in the first round. Uh, this would be a perfect place for Anthony Richardson, I think. I think Anthony Richardson is a fine talent. He had a good combine. Yes, I don't think that jumping is the most, uh, that high leap is ability. You know, his ability to do that is going to really uh, advance him as a quarterback. But at the same time, he had a good quarterback. You know, he had a good showing at the combine. And he's got a lot of people buzzing. His interviews went well. He is a fine young man. I just do not think he struggled in Florida against some of these quarterbacks he's played. They didn't, you know, he did not do well when they played last year against Alabama. They did not play well when Kentucky came to town uh, last this past season. Will Levis was a much better quarterback then. He got outplayed by Florida State's quarterback, Jordan Travis. He's just not that kind of quarterback, and it showed at Florida. So. I think he's still really raw in his abilities. And the Raiders, I think that will be a perfect opportunity for him because, number one, yes, that's the guy. So Jimmy's going to feel like a Trey Lance situation. But that's still Jimmy's 
job. It's Jimmy's team still because Anthony, yes, highly paid dude, but the, everybody knows the Raiders are not going to focus on Anthony winning these games. They're going to focus on Jimmy. And Jacoby, uh, you know, kind of what Dalton said, I mean, he's a good wide receiver. Just let's not get into a situation where the whole tossing back at two seconds left in the game and all that jazz, uh, let's not have that happen. Stay focused, stay true to you, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully the Raiders can make some noise in the AFC West and not be the absolute worst team, but you never know with the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. Also, let's stick with Vegas here. Uh, one other thing they did, they have traded, they traded earlier, they tied in Darren Waller, who just recently got married to Las Vegas Aces point guard Kelsey Plum. And I, I guess McDaniels, uh, there's some jokes around that he was, you know, hurt. They wasn't invited to the wedding or something. And he decided to ship Darren Waller out of town all the way across the country to the Giants, which, I mean, again, that's, you can joke whatever, read into that whatever you want with McDaniels. But the Giants only acquired him. Uh, they just tried to trade a third round pick, which it seems a bit low from my perspective, but I'm also not an NFL GM. I don't know the asking prices and, you know, the trade value that you could probably get for, you know, a great tight end, in my opinion. Although he has missed games the last couple of years with injuries. Uh, and he's far from, you know, 2020 when he was a pro bowler, uh, nine touchdowns, over 1,000 yards, almost 1,200 yards. Uh, again, missing time with injuries, only had five touchdowns last couple of years. But still a really good tight end. And also the Giants, the pick that they acquired from Kansas City when they traded Kadarius Toney there, they flipped the Kadarius Toney pick to get Darren Waller. So basically you flipped uh, Tony for Waller if you're the Giants. And it's a great move for the Giants from this perspective is I, I love Brian Dable. I think he's, you know, a great head coach so far. He's shown it. Uh, he revitalized Daniel Jones. I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of that contract, but it's probably, it's one of those where you can get out of it in a couple of years if it's not going too hot for you. But this is a move that shows that you're investing your team that you believe in Daniel Jones enough to get him, you know, a guy who was, you know, one of the top tight ends in the league just a few years ago. And you're hoping you can rejuvenate that and get, you know, something out of Darren Waller and he can build a connection, build some chemistry with Daniel Jones. And we'll see how that goes going forward. But the Giants, you're, I, I, I like the move. I like the strategy here. You're going sort of all in on your guy that you're going to pay now for at least the foreseeable future. And now you got a tight end that can hopefully make some noise. And, you know, the NFC could be wide open for the Giants that this could be a move that, you know, NFC title game or maybe even a Super Bowl appearance, should they make surprise people next year? That's a move that you're going to look back on and say that this is what helped them out and got them over the edge. Um, so I'll go Dalton next. Your reaction thoughts, Darren Waller going to the New York Giants. I think this move for the Giants is good, nice, terrific. I, I mean, I don't 
I mean, you give Daniel Jones all that money, um, all that money for a playoff appearance. Uh, Saquon Barkley gets paid. Um, why not go get some some guys who can really improve your team offensively? I think Darren Waller has really done that. At least the games that he's played. Um, I saw something that was like out of 40 something games, he had only he had missed like 34 of them or something. I don't know. Not a very good source. I'm not a very reliable source. But regardless, I think naturally, as long as you are healthy and contributing, then everything will work out for you. So I figured the Giants make this move because they have hope that Darren Waller will be on the field and not on the sideline, uh, helping their team make the playoffs once more. All right, Christian, your thoughts on the uh, Darren Waller trade to the New York Giants? I think it's really big for them. You know, their tight ends were, were kind of struggling a little bit. They did have rookie Dylan, Daniel Bellinger as their main tight end. And he, you know, he had 30 catches. But at the same time, he wasn't really effective as much as they want in that tight end position. Uh, they had, you know, he had two uh, touchdowns. But Daniel Jones just didn't throw the ball, you know, didn't throw as many touchdowns as one would assume. And this is one of your this is gonna be automatically one of your better weapons for Daniel Jones now that you've paid him a crap ton of money. And it's gonna be him and uh Darius Slayton as the one and two guys for Daniel Jones. And I think it's a really good move for New York because Darren Waller was not paid to be this ex- really expensive tight end. And they still have a younger receiving core where they're not paying anybody a ton of money. They're going to have Saquon Barkley back, so it's really good for them. Las Vegas, they're just trading away everybody. Hopefully, Devontae Adams, you know, he may get traded to the Jets. Who the heck knows? Las Vegas is getting rid of everybody. So, you know, we shall see what happens. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's how I think about it. All right, so enough with the Raiders, at least for the time being. Um, And on to the 49ers staying out west. They have decided to bring in Sam Darnold to be a a QB option for them for the next season. And for me, again, I've been pretty vocal. I'm not the biggest Sam Darnold fan. I think, you know, frankly, he's not a good quarterback. Um, That being said, In an ideal world, he's a backup quarterback or a third-string quarterback. He's not the guy for the 49ers, but Brock Purdy, you know, torn UCL. He's going to be a long road to recovery. And Trey Lance, I mean, we're a few years into the experiment. We just have no clue because he hasn't managed to stay healthy that much. He's Look, he has flashes at times, and then he gets injured. So we're not exactly sure what we're going to get from Trey Lance. and. Kyle Shanahan has shown he can take literally any quarterback and make him look at least serviceable. And I think if he could just do that with Sam Darnold, just make him look serviceable 
And Darnold, all you gotta do is just be kind of like game manager. Because San Francisco's got a great roster. They got a great team to where they should be able to at least compete in the division, probably win the division, and make a deep run next year in the playoffs. I mean, they did it this year with Brock Purdy as their quarterback, and he only started five or six games for them. Um, and again, Darnold can hold the fort down until Brock gets healthy. Um, or Trey goes along. Um, again, I, I just don't think he's that good of a quarterback, but I think given the right circumstances, he could look serviceable, and that might just be enough for the 49ers next year. Um, because, I, because I don't think Sam Darnold's going to light the world on fire. I just don't see that um, in his arsenal in this upcoming season. Uh, but, Dalton, you guys have to play the 49ers twice a year. So your thoughts on them going to add Sam Darnold to the roster? Um, probably a lot better. Um, they're probably going to be just uh, better than people think. Although they did lose some pieces on def- on defense, um, I think they're still going to be fine. Um, you said it. You know, Sam Darnold really doesn't have to do very much. Um, he could he could hand the ball off. I mean, as long as they have a quarterback that can hand the ball off, and you know throw the ball with accuracy, I think everything will work itself out. Um, it seems like a, a quarterback that would work in Kyle Shanahan's system. Um, Jimmy G and you know uh, Trey Lance and pretty much. Like, what I'm getting at is, like, all these guys, like Brock Purdy, like, they're all, you know, they're not, like, top-of-the-market guys, if I'm being honest. Um, And neither is Sam Darnold. So, I feel like this just works in their favor. Um, San Francisco really doesn't really want to spend a lot of money at quarterback, I feel like. I feel like they want to spend money everywhere else. And just keep quarterback on the cheap. Um, feel like that's their mo around this time. Um, but maybe they should spend a lot of money. Sam Darnold is nice. That's a fine move. But maybe you should go out and get a better quarterback. I don't know. There's a quarterback right now that's like trying to get a new contract, but he. Can't because he, because there's an old thing and the team won't pay him long term. And I don't know. I mean, I get, you could inquire, but you know, who wants to inquire about a quarterback? I I don't know, dude. Like, there's, I yeah, it just doesn't. San Francisco can do whatever they want. They can continue to do what they're doing, and they'll get to the NFC Championship and lose. So I, you know, good for them. They'll have the record for most NFC championship losses, I guess. Um they they I figure they probably should spend more money at quarterback. Like you just can't just rely on the guys that you have. They played four or five quarterbacks last season. I mean what if Sam Donald gets hurt? Are you gonna have to like pick somebody out of the crowd? I'm assuming that they'll have their guys back by then, but I mean you're looking at Three or four quarterbacks in the roster, all who are talent a lot. Like none of them sticks out. 
they all are around the same in terms of talent. I mean, it's not like you got Lamar Jackson and then it just drops off. Like, all these guys are pretty much the same. So, good luck. Um, I'd love to talk to another guy that I know who is a 49ers fan and get his thoughts on Sam Donald because, yes, I'm sure from his perspective, he would probably be able to give me a little bit more clarity on why they're so cheap at that position. But that's neither here nor there. I think I'm, 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 I'm done. So back to you. All right, Christian, your thoughts on Sam Darnold joining the 49ers? I think it's big news only because Sam Darnold is the number one overall, or not number one overall, a first, you know, top five pick, number three overall. Look, Sam Darnold, he did what he could against the Jets. He did what he could against the Panthers. He was not successful in both. He's in San Francisco because he's been in the league. He can help out. Uh, Trey and Brock in how to handle the NFL. Now, you know, Brock is probably not going to be 100% ready when training camp comes around. Trey Lance, let's see how he does. Um, you know, has, you know, his first real tenure because his, his other real tenure. I'll say this is second tenure because his first one, he got hurt. But Trey Lance was still the guy. They traded up to get him. They believe in Trey Lance. So, you know, let's see what can happen. But I think why they're cheap, cheaper at that position is, A, every quarter or a lot of the quarterbacks that Kyle Shanahan has worked with in San Francisco has worked in some way, shape, or fashion. Jimmy Garoppolo, C.J. Bethard, um, Brock Purdy, obviously. I think Josh Johnson, if they had more time with with J.J., he could have done something with them. Trey looks fine with them. Sam could look better with them. When he was an O.C. with the Atlanta Falcons, he made Matt Ryan an MVP, and now Matt Ryan is dog crap. I don't even know what team he plays for anymore. I think he's still in the Colts, but I have no idea. He just got cut earlier today. I I was just going to say, like, I don't know what team he's on, (laughs) but he's a former NFL MVP, and he's – not getting any better. You know, Kyle Shanahan has worked really well with different quarterbacks. Doesn't need to be a Mahomes type. Doesn't have to be an Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen type. He can make a C quarterback look like an A minus or even a B plus. That's just why they're looking at that. They just paid a whole bunch of money to Javon Hargrave, who had one of his better seasons he's had. In the last two years, he's really popped off in Philly. Now he's going to San Francisco, and now you got Nick Bosa. You got Nick Bosa right beside you. San Francisco's defense is going to be even better. Their quarterback position, yes, it's still kind of iffy, but it'll still manage to work itself out. San Francisco is in a in a prime position where they're probably going to go back to back NFC West champions, and and they could actually make a run in the Super Bowl if whichever quarterback they pick is healthy. All right. Switching over to the defense side of the ball for a moment, 
the um probably the biggest defense a couple big defense sightings that we've had so far probably the biggest one being Tremaine Edmonds from the Buffalo Bills linebacker he is going to Chicago join the Bears um what a move for the Bears you know going out getting some linebackers they know what they need um is just kind of complete retooling the entire roster and they evidently you know Edmonds he's had some success with the um, the Bills, both as a team, as a player. And now, you know, I don't blame him. He's going out, getting a bag, getting paid. And hopefully this is a situation where the Bears, you know, they're building towards something. And obviously Matt Eberflus, defensive-minded guy, that so they might have seen eye to eye there on the defensive scheme and what Edmonds is going to have to work with going forward. And I, I like the move for the, to like I said, Chicago. They had their one overall pick because they had the worst record last year. They're looking to bolster up the entire roster, but specifically that defense. It was, you know, just abysmal last year. Um, and you get a guy who's a two-time Pro Bowler, 19 and 20. Although, again, it's been a few years since he was at the Pro Bowl height. But still, he's a really good player. And I think that Chicago, they're going to love this guy because he's going to bring, you know, he comes from a winning environment. And that's what Chicago needs is guys who know what it's like to win, to try to rebuild that culture and get back to Chicago's winning ways. To Christian, I know you got to play Chicago a couple of times a year. Um, so your thoughts, Tremaine Edmonds going to Chicago next year? It's going to be really tough for sure. Um, he's a very good athletic defensive lineman. Uh, he plays linebacker and edge rusher pretty well. And Buffalo, he kind of disappeared the last couple games. He's been hurt uh, towards, you know, the tail end of his tenure in Buffalo. But, you know, Chicago is getting a lot better. And they're kind of the best kept kept secret right now in the NFL. So, I mean, kudos to Chicago. You're really building up uh, the pass rusher, you know, the pass rushing ability on your defense. You're giving your quarterback opportunities and weapons. This you know, you could get Jalen Carter. You could really stack up that offensive line. Whatever they decide to do, Chicago's doing really well at it. So, you know, they're definitely, you know, a wild card to surprise a lot of teams in the NFL next season. All right. Next up, we have uh, – or, excuse me, Dalton, I'll go to you next. Tremaine Edmonds, your thoughts on the move to Chicago? I just – Cannot wait for them to make even more noise than they've already made. Um, it seems like a prototypical just move that they would do. Um, the Bears, of course. Um, they like the, I guess, like when you look at their history, they've always had that one guy. In the middle, um, and so this is fitting. I mean, it's fine. Um, whatever they can do to get back to the the winning ways. I mean, I guess that's this. Uh, it's a it's a start. All right. Next up, we have Patrick Peterson going from Minnesota. To the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Steelers obviously 
known for having elite defenses, especially in the defensive backfield there. And I'm not going to act like I watched a lot of Minnesota Vikings film, but just based off the stats from last year, Peterson, five interceptions last year, 91 return yards. From that, 15 pass defenses um, and, you know, 66 um, combined tackles from solo and assisted. His highest tackle season of his career to date. Peterson, I mean, obviously he was a very great player early in his career when he was with Arizona. He's, you know, getting up a little up there at age. He's 32 now. We 33 in July. But Peterson, if he can just be, you know, very good, you know, kind of what he was in Minnesota the last couple of years, just be serviceable to a Steelers defense that, I mean, it's always up there for one of the best defenses in the National Football League. And I think it's a good move for Pittsburgh going forward. A team that, again, as long as Mike Tom has been there, they've never had a losing record. They've been, they missed the playoffs last year, but they were very close to making it at the very end. And Peterson's looking to, I mean, he, he missed the playoffs this past year with Minnesota, looking to lead Pittsburgh back into the postseason this time next year. Uh, to Dalton, we go. Patrick Peterson, join the Steelers. Thoughts on that? Um, thoughts. I actually liked it. Um, coming out first, I feel like they, um, you know, just add more strength, uh, to what they already do well. Um, I think he'll fit. I think that you know they're not gonna really ask him to do much because I feel like all their quarters. You know, they just, they have, like, their jobs are very, very simple. So, you know, plug and play and start to go. Um, but I could see this move working out for them really well. Especially when you have a quarterback on a rookie deal. I feel like these teams, like the Steelers, they're, you know, they're able to put money elsewhere and, um, you know, try to try to improve their team. All right, Christian, your thoughts on Patrick Peterson joining the Pittsburgh Steelers? Um, I mean, it's a good move. He's a little bit older than, you know, what you want to get. You know, their secondary got better because Patrick is still, you know, he still plays at a very high level. But, you know, he is in his early 30s. He's not going to be really a dynamic secondary player for you guys. Helps Minka a lot because Minka was the only one who's really done anything for uh, Pittsburgh secondary. But at the same time, like, it's a good move, but for the long term, how great is it? It's still kind of up and up. So, you know, good move for Pittsburgh to try and, you know, put a Band-Aid on a wound in your secondary, but it's not going to help much more than – this season and maybe next. All right. And last but not least, with NFL frequency moves, uh, Dolan wanted to talk about this. So the floor is yours. Matt Gay, former uh, Rams kicker, going to Indianapolis. So the floor is yours there, man. Thank you. I will take over the floor Um, rather quickly. So, Matt Gay, one of the most sought-after kickers in the entire National Football League. Um, Matt Gay, the best kicker in the National Football League, is no longer on the Rams, but instead he has signed a deal 
very lucrative for being a uh, kicker. Um, he signed that deal for a lot of money. If you can allow me to just just find it, um, then I can be there. No, okay, I can't. That's fine. Uh, Matt Gay is signed with the Colts, so he is going to be there for a long time. Four years, $22.5 million, which is the biggest deal for a kicker in free agency and well-deserved. The man, the man was absolutely accurate, so consistent. One of the bright spots on the Los Angeles Rams from this past season and seasons before. Absolutely clutching crunch time situations, knocking the off last year, and other teams too. He has done a great job, a great job. Um, he deserves every penny. Um, career wise, he is. 87% in terms of field goal percentage. His best year was last year, right? Last year. Uh, 2021, he went 32 of 34 for field goals and did a terrific job. 94%. You might as well just cash in. If you're a gambling man, you would bet on him to make a field goal. 100% of the time. He deserves all of it. Um, and he makes his extra points too. So I think the Colts are getting a really, really good player. Football player, just player in general, who can put points on the board for their football team. Um, and that's going to going to help them out when they when they have to get into field goal games against other teams because their offense sucks. So that is uh, proven to be a good move for them. Uh, well, it will prove to be a good move for them, looking back when they actually will have a kicker who can bank it in. His only two misses were from, I believe, 50-plus. But everything else, he was cash money. Um, so good for the Colts. I'm happy for him, especially since the they could use maybe another wide receiver or two and Jonathan Taylor not fumbling the football. But other than that, they're looking pretty solid. And in terms of putting points on the board, they've got a nice point scorer in Matt Gay. Back to you, Spency. All right. Uh, Christian, anything you want to add on that or don't hit everything we needed to say? No, don't nail, uh, nail it on the head. So, um, he, he, you know, good kicker, like not big deal. Obviously, the Dalton it is, but to me, it's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I got you. Um, so that's gonna do it for NFL news and notes. Hopefully, this time next week, or knowing our luck, tomorrow we'll get some clarity on the Aaron Rodgers situations. By the time you're listening to this, that whole deal might actually be resolved. But as of now, we have no information i mean it's trending towards the jets but 
nothing official as of now. What is official and has been for a while, switching gears to the NBA. Um, I know it's a little bit old at this point, but it's still kind of ongoing. So I thought it was still relevant for us to at least have some discourse over this. Uh, John Moran, obviously one of the young stars of the NBA, only 23 years old. He was, he's been an all-star, was all NBA second team just last year. I mean, on his way to, and was one most improved player of the year. Uh, a guy that I, preseason, I said could be the MVP of the NBA this year. Uh, he's led Memphis. They've been very good this year. Um, unfortunately, you know, some legal stuff has happened lately to where, He's had to, you know, allegedly he was around a 17-year-old and assaulted a 17-year-old male during a pickup game. Uh, Then he apparently was at a uh, strip club in Denver where he uh, flashed a gun that he had with him. And, you know, just he had to step away from the team. The team issued some statements saying that, uh, you know, we appreciate Jaws' accountability that he has taken time to get the help he needs. Uh, we support him prioritizing his well-being. So Josh stepped away, citing, you know, needing to get himself right. And, again, it's very unfortunate for Memphis because of, you know, who he is. And he's, he's the star of Memphis. He's in his third season. He's got a bright future with the Grizzlies. And, unfortunately, you know, th- this incident is not it doesn't appear to be one thing. It was just, you know, back-to-back. It just kind of became public knowledge. And I obviously hope that he gets the help he needs. He's apparently checked in the facility to get right. And he's indefinitely going to be away from Memphis. No, no, there's no timetable. And I think with a situation like this, you don't want to put a timetable because you want him to get right himself. You don't want to just rush him back and not take the time. But it's definitely, you know, a scary situation all around. Uh, just one thing after another. And again, if he gets suspended by the NBA for, you know, having a gun, which, again, there's some rules where like, he may have had on a team plane, uh, supposedly. It, it's a lot of unknowns right now. But uh, just for John Morant, obviously, best of luck to him on his recovery. Hope he gets the help he needs and the counseling that he uh, so that's what he needs. And again, we all want to see him on the court soon because he's just that kind of a player. But obviously, you know, his personal life, that's a lot bigger of an issue than anything he can prov- provide on the court uh, for the Grizzlies there. Uh, Chris, I know you in the past, you've mentioned you're a big advocate, advocate for mental health awareness and everything. So uh, I'll just go to you next. Anything you want to share on, you know, the latest in the John Morant saga? It's it's kind of crazy, honestly. It's disappointing, really. I understand that, you know, guys. I'm trying to try to put the best way to kind of put this. Understanding what mental health is in terms of stepping away from the game and this anxiety and depression that when you're competing at a very high level, NFL, NBA, MLB, such on, that there's a lot of pressure because you are representing 
an organization that is much bigger than you. And it will continue to go on whether you play or not. And this is a dream that you have wanted to since you were a kid. But there's a lot of pressure because you have to be good for your team. You have to be good for your organization. And it can put a lot of pressure on you. And I am a very big advocate on that side of mental health. This is something that Josh should have known better. You know, we're the same age. You know, we are the same age. He is 23. We are sitting here 23. He's making millions of dollars playing basketball at the highest level he can with the NBA. And you can't say because just, you know, how, you know, he was in the moment and he wasn't thinking outside of it, you know, attacking the young teenager, going, you know, going to strip clubs, having weapons on him. And it's not just he had those incidents. It's the fact that he had those incidents where he filmed it. He filmed having a weapon at a strip club. He filmed about, you know, hurting this young teenager. He has went on air not thinking the consequences because he's John Morant, right? We all put this, you know, crown on these young athletes of like, they are the best, they are untouchable, where they get outside the NBA, they think they are such that where they can do anything they want and do what they used to do in growing up, where they're going to hurt their own careers and maybe hurt people around them because of his actions. I am glad that he is stepping away and he's getting the counseling that he needs to get because obviously this these situations, they need to be addressed or something much bigger may happen if they weren't. So for Memphis, it stinks. For the actual team itself, because the West is a struggle house in the NBA, and John Morant is pretty is very much missed in uh, Memphis right now from a basketball standpoint. Even though, yes, they are number two, they kind of fell in off that slope of like they're not – the best team and without with jaw they're very good without jaw they're kind of meh but they're not a contender of a team hopefully jaw can return soon hopefully he can really provide his you know provide for his team because we have not seen him uh in a you know we haven't seen him uh in a very long time so you know it's sad it's sad to see that he hasn't been there since early March, but he's got to figure this stuff out and uh, just get better from it. All right. Dawn, anything you want to add on the John Morant situation that's been going on the last week or two? Um, no, not really. I mean, just trying to – I don't know. I guess you know when you get when you get a lot of money. I guess for anybody, I think some things get some things. Um, you know, it gets a little blurred, and you start to do stuff that maybe you wouldn't do otherwise. Um, so I, I mean, it's just all about choices. 
I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It's all about choices. Um, and whether you choose to do this or you choose to do that. And, you know, choices have consequences. And so there's, you know, it's a cause and effect. You know, you do this, what's the effect that's going to happen? Parties involved. Um, what are the things that's going to happen because of what happened? Um, that's life. So, um, you know, good for, good for him to, to get counseling. Um, but I mean, listen, like Powerade was going to make him their main guy, um, as what I've seen on the news. Like this dude, he's going to, like, he's a very, very rich man. Um, our age, very, very rich. And the poster child of a major, 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 major sports company. And so, like, I don't, like, there's, I don't know, I guess, like, when you're in that position, Every little thing you do gets magnified, good or bad. So you have to watch what you do. You have to watch the choices that you make. And everything, you have to think about everything that you do. So that's, you know, good for him to, to get the counseling and try to figure that out. Um, because... It could go bad really quickly. We've seen athletes in the past do a couple wrong things and their careers get absolutely train wrecked. I mean, they just they just goes down the drain quick. So let's you know he needs to you know go through the program and get back to get back to what it was like before. Um, and, you know, live, I guess, make, make good choices and, you know, play good basketball, like do what you're supposed to do. All right. So that, that's our, uh, discussion for John Morant real quick. I'm just gonna go through the standings in the NBA, where we stand today. Uh, three teams officially eliminated from playoff contention. That is the Detroit Pistons, the San Antonio Spurs, and the Houston Rockets. Um, in the let's go to Eastern Conference real quick. The uh lead leader right now, uh Milwaukee Bucks. They passed the Suns a few weeks ago, and Boston's been struggling, but Boston still sits at two right now. Philly, uh, a game back, but they're tied to the loss column. Philly's played two. Fewer games than Boston, and that's where the two-game, there's the differential there. Uh, Cleveland, they're squarely safe in four. Uh, The Knicks and Nets, the two New York teams, both just ahead of that. the line for the play-in tournament. In the play-in tournament right now, we have Miami and Atlanta at 7-8, Toronto and Washington at 9-10, although... Again, Washington tied with Chicago as of the time we're recording this. Uh, just a percentage point separating the two teams because Chicago has played two 
fewer games than Washington. So Washington's sitting at 32 and 37. Chicago, 31, 36. Obviously, that's going to even itself out when the Chicago plays a few more games. Uh, and they get back to the same number of games. Indiana, just a game back. Uh, but they're two back in the loss column with Chicago. The same amount of wins. Um, has Chicago. So Chicago, two more games. They can get a couple wins there. Uh, and separate themselves from Indiana. Orlando and Charlotte still technically mathematically alive for playoff contention. Uh, Orlando only about four games back in the standings. It's a longer road for Charlotte. Charlotte will pretty soon probably join the elimination club there. Out West, it's a lot of, if you would have said before the year, you know, Denver being one, I had had that actually. I thought Denver was going to be really good. Uh, Memphis, not too surprising. They're at two. Sacramento at three right now, only a game back of Memphis. Uh, Sacramento at one point had the two seed, though. Mike Brown doing a hell of a job there. Probably the coach of the year uh, front runner right now. Phoenix at four, uh, but they have lost Durant for some time due to an injury. So where will uh, Phoenix go in the meantime? Who knows? Golden State, L.A. Clippers, identical record at 36 and 33. But they're both ahead of one game exactly ahead of Minnesota um, from the play-in tournament. The play-in tournament, if it was to end today, you have Minnesota and OKC in one matchup. Dallas and the Lakers. Oh, man, you got Kyrie versus LeBron in a play-in spot for 9-10. and 10. If the season was to end today, uh, both Dallas and LA, identical records. Actually, OKC also identical records, so those three teams... Uh, we'll be jockeying for position the next month of the season. Uh, then the game outside of there, Utah and New Orleans, identical records at 33 and 36. They still got a good chance to make the playoffs. And then Portland, depending on how Dame Lillard, how he plays down the stretch, they're only a, a, uh, two and a half games out of the play-in tournament. I could, I would not be surprised if to see Portland make a run for it and potentially make the play-in tournament. It's a wide open the Wild Wild West. The East is some separation at, at various points in the East. Uh, but the West, you know, that five through about 12, 13, it's only f- less than five games separates five through uh, 13 out West. So a lot can change uh, going forward next few weeks. So we'll continue to update the standings uh, as the playoff picture becomes a little more clear. Um, nobody's officially clinched a playoff spot in terms of the top six, there have been teams that at least clinched, um, you know, being at worst a playing team. I'm not sure the exact teams that have done that, but just throwing that out there. Uh, Dolan, before we finish the show up, uh, I'll throw to you. What's going on? We took last week off, so feel free if you want to recap last week, go right ahead. Uh, what's going on in the world of racing? Yeah, Spence, I'm going to try to keep this relatively short. Um. So Formula One had their race um, on the 5th. It uh, took about a week or two off. Now they're going to Saudi Arabia. Um, Max Verstappen's the previous winner. If I have to make a prediction, I think he's gonna probably going to win this week's race as well. He's just too He's just too good. He's just too good. Um, and barring any, any uh, sort of malfunction, I think... Uh, he'll come in first this week. Um, moving on to um, NASCAR. Uh, there was a race last week that was in Phoenix. 
and um, I actually was cool, cool saying like I actually watched it. I didn't watch it, uh, but I can still talk about it anyway. Um, William Byron came in first, Ryan Bellany in second, Tyler Reddick in third, Kyle Larson in fourth, Kevin Harvick in fifth. Um, Kevin Harvick's last season, any trying to pump out those top fives, trying to get one last championship win for for the resume. Um, this upcoming week, though, for the nineteenth, they're going to Atlanta, uh, to race again. Um. Previous winner is William Byron. So can Will go back to back uh for the races? Maybe. Who knows? Um Will Byron is he's on a tear right now, actually. Like he is actually on a tear. He won Vegas. Um he won Vegas and he won Phoenix. Uh so you know, just I mean, he is absolutely on a tear. Uh, two guys to watch out for, Kyle Larson and William Byron. Both gotten top five finishes the past couple races in Vegas and Phoenix. Um, so, I think Will's got a pretty good chance to win this weekend at Atlanta. Uh, and watch out for Kyle Larson. Maybe Kyle Larson will take the dub if Will does not. Uh, going to the standings real quick, uh, we have Alex Bowman in first with 154 points, Kevin Harvick in second with 151 points, Ross Chastain in third with 148 points, William Byron in fourth with 144 points, and Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell rounding out the top five tied at 137. Other notables, Denny Hamlin in seventh with 125, and my favorite, Kyle Busch at number nine. Uh, tie with Martin Truex Jr. for 122 points. Um, and that is all the notables. Uh, good season so far. Love to see it. We've seen a lot of Chevys so, uh, pretty much win these races. Will Byron, of course, twice. Um, going back to California, Kyle Busch, another Chevy. Uh, Daytona, Ricky Stenhouse. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he is also a Chevy. I could be mistaken. He might be a Ford. Regardless, I mean, you're looking, we have done, since Daytona, we have done four three races, four total. If you want to include the Clash, that's five. Um, and Chevys have been absolutely dominating the hell out of it. So, um, yeah, great season so far. Let's keep it up. All right. Thank you, Dalton, for that. So that will do it for this edition of Out of Bounds. Thanks again for listening. Uh, feel free to give us a subscription wherever you are listening to this podcast. Uh, if you want to give us feedback, that is always encouraged as well. And as always, I'm Spencer Brown. I'm Dalton Bishop. And I'm Christian Ernst. So again, thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day.